0: Let's talk men's soccer with Dort men's soccer coach Ryan Gressy as the defenders putting the uh, wow. Has it been almost two weeks since you wrapped things up already? Week and a half. What, it's what, hard to believe. Yeah. yeah. What uh, open-ended question to begin? And uh, I'm just curious. What how, how's the last week and a half gone? What have you What have you done with no soccer game looming, no practice happening? What What have you done?
1: <laughs> uh, wrapped a lot of things up. Um
0: said hello to your wife and child. Yeah. Spent some time with them,
1: <laughs> which was good. Um Yeah. I we've worked on the dome some this week. Yeah. And we did final evaluations with every player in our program. Um, so that's really been this week and last week it was just kind of uh I use the word recovery. Yeah, but, you know, Wednesday, Thursday. Um I just everybody's wiped out, exhausted. Uh, you try to catch up with what you can, and uh, <laughs> has some campus visits on Friday. And yeah, it's uh, getting back into a different type of routine now. Sure. Let's
0: go back to uh, July and August. What was your vision for this team when you when you broke for spring and graduation and the summer break? What, mm-hmm. what was your vision for this team? What were you thinking? when summer hit this
1: year? Um, Long story short, we probably talked off mic a couple times. We tried to change a lot of things structurally in the spring. So Atomic Habits was kind of the thing that surrounded around, and then we had a lot of individual meetings throughout the whole semester with our whole team. And then at the end of the semester, um, it went from individual accountability, individual discipline, you know, more into team accountability, team discipline. And uh, we kind of unpacked it in a series of, I'd say, three or four weeks of where do we want to go now and how do, we, how do we put structures in place that's better than what we've had in the past. So going into summer, we felt like we had a good game plan in terms of our leadership. Our captains were in place towards the end of the semester and what we were going to do over the summer to try to put our best foot forward in trying to get back into the conference tournament, right? That was the the big thing in terms of the competitive side uh, that we were trying to do because we had have been there since I've been here. Um, so each week over the summer, um, Ross kind of talked about this a little bit when the cross-country team got sent off, but I talked to Nate Wolf about their accountability system and what had worked for them. Um, so each Monday, I sent an email out to the entire team. Um And we had a fitness document each Monday that the full team had to complete uh, a fitness test on top of the other, you know, four days of workouts. But that was the one that was evident in Excel document. Everybody saw it. Um, So I sent that out every week. And then I tried to follow up with every single player a couple, few times over the summer um, on a one-on-one basis. But I met with the captains every single week as well. And, if something wasn't going according to plan or not what our team agreements were, then they would step in. And if I needed to step in, I did. And a lot of that happened because of our team leadership and the trickle down, even the upperclassmen, we had like rotating small groups each week. So it was more of let's talk about life. Let's talk about the podcast, or sometimes it'd be a Bible verse or a very, a myriad of different things we would attach in the emails. And then also, how your workouts going, um, and kept the accountability in place of that. And I would say that was all just kind of a culmination of spring and then executing it really well over the summer up until we showed up. Um, man what was it August nine or ten? Yeah, so yeah, it seems <laughs> it seems like a while ago now.
0: You started the season and uh, you you talk about getting on. Getting on campus, and then it was turn around and very quickly play a couple of games. Uh, you played right. Colorado Christian and Metro State. Uh, that was mid August, and um, my goodness, that's three months ago already. I think three three <laughs> yeah. months ago this weekend. What What did you think on the uh, on the trip home? Where Where was your mind at after tying Colorado Christian and uh, losing to Metro State two to nothing?
1: Uh, honestly, it was we we're in a good place. I think when we the first week we were here, which was the week before we went to Colorado, we that was the first time our entire team passed the fitness test, which was a it was a big milestone and everybody was really proud about it. Um, and then we we played Morningside. I want to say it was the Saturday before we left for Colorado or the Monday before we left.
0: Yeah, you had a skirmish with them, yeah.
1: yeah. And we came out of that pretty confident, um, but also knowing well we still have a lot to work on. So going to Colorado playing two RMAC schools, we really had a little picture of what they were going to do based off of the last year. And I feel like we were competitive in both games. And that was, that was a big encouragement to I think everybody because Colorado Christian made the RMAC postseason tournament. Metro didn't, uh, ironically enough, they play totally different styles, but I think they were still a 9 or 10 win team in the last couple of years. They were, both relatively successful in the RMAC conference. Um, So we felt like those teams were at least comparable to, I would say some top four teams in our conference, maybe five or six um, in normal years, but this year specifically. So we felt like they were good preparation games for us going into hosting home matches. Mm -hmm. Um, I think internally we probably felt like we could have gotten more out of it. Like, I think there were moments in the Colorado Christian game we probably could have snuck it, um, or they could have, and it was more, I would say, back and forth. We defended really well. Um, And then Metro, uh, Metro was really good, but we, we didn't really execute on the attacking front. We made a couple mistakes that they were good enough to punish us in. So we felt like if we can refine some things here and there, we'll be in really good shape for the upcoming week. And then, yeah, Trinity came into town, and we felt like we fixed some of those things, then Ottawa gave us some more Mm -hmm. things to think about. So I guess that's kind of the first couple weeks in a nutshell. You end up in the middle of
0: September and uh, where it was kind of like, okay, you you tie with Bethany Lutheran, you tie with Briarcliff. I think mixed in there as well was a a road trip to Coe where you tried to get a game in (laughs) in Cedar Rapids on a Saturday night and the thunderstorms wouldn't let you, and a game you were probably going to win. And then it was... A home game with Concordia, home contest with Concordia, you you beat them 4-3, and then later in the week you go on the road and beat Fremont 1-0. It was at that point that I thought, okay, this, this team seems to have some potential. Now we've got six weeks to see what they can do with this good start. Mm-hmm. What were you – do you remember what you were sensing then as a coaching staff? I mean, did you get a sense of – were you surprised at all or was it expected what you were doing at that point of the year? Uh,
1: maybe a little both if I'm being frank, you know, I feel like our team, even though we weren't necessarily successful in the wins column against Bethany Lutheran and Briar Cliff, we felt like there were opportunities to win those matches and I mean Bethany Lutheran finished second in their conference. Uh, lost to Wisconsin Superior and almost made the national tournament in the D3 level the last two years, right? Um, and then Briarcliff historically has been really good. Um, so going into Concordia, yeah, I don't know. It was, we had this confidence about us feeling like if we can put the ball in the back of the net defensively, we are playing well enough to be in those games. Um, and I say that and there's seven goals in the Concordia game and mm-hmm. it was just a roller coaster, right? Emotionally. Um, but it, that was the first time I think I've seen some of those, those first three conference matches in particular, the other team think like you start to see them, I don't say sweat a little bit, but we're asking questions of their team when we're attacking and defensively, we're slowing their transitions down and to a point where they're having to adjust things against us. And not that we're perfect, um, but it, w- it was kind of neat to see, like Concordia came out, and I think they sat in a mid block against us, which was, was a surprise to us. And we had a lot of the ball in the first half, and we didn't really think that that's how they were going to attack us. And second half, they attacked us, and then we still somehow – generated some opportunities because they left us numbers even up top and i Blake like had a good game and i think javi scored that game you know like different people had stepped up in big moments and i felt like it came full circle like with the recruiting cycles of like these are players that we had hoped would step into a role and um some of them matured and some of them shined even like the young guys in that game um and then midland was totally different um I felt like they were all over us the first half. And it was nil-nil at halftime. And I think I told the guys, like, honestly, this feels like the Briarcliff game all over again. If we get a goal, we're going to win this. And I think we scored 60 minutes in Mm -hmm. off that transition. And the guys, we we switched tactically, and they really sold out to it and bought into it, and Midland just couldn't find a way to break us down. And, oh, that was a really cool moment, you know, to go – play two teams from Nebraska and have a six-point week. Um, I remember the locker room afterwards because Midland has, like, that little shed behind mm-hmm. the visitor yep. stands, and it was just booming with all of our guys. And I don't think uh, I've witnessed something like that since I've been here. So it was a good week yeah. looking back at it.
0: Yeah, and that was the beginning of a stretch of, uh, yeah, you didn't lose a contest from September three until the season closer against Hastings, October 29. Now you had some ties in there, and I, I jokingly said to some people, some of those ties felt like wins, and some of those ties <laughs> felt like losses. Yeah. You, you end up playing Hastings to close the season. You're on a hot streak. You're going to challenge the monster that is Hastings, and you end up losing 2-1, to one, and they beat you up a little bit physically. How did your team have to recover then heading into the postseason after losing to Hastings 2-1 in the season finale? Oh,
1: <sighs> Yeah, um, I guess unpacking that. So that game, ooh, Mitch broke his nose. Yep. So <laughs> so Brandon had to come in, what, I think 12 minutes into the match. So we faced some adversity in the first half. Caleb uh, got involved with a big tackle, and I think Nate had to step into a role that we really hadn't trained him in very, very much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Samu had to move, and Asher had to slide into his spot, and it was really cool to see you guys step up. Um, and then Blake, Blake went to the yard cause he had stitches. I uh, mm-hmm. had, he got hit in the head, I think three times. Yep. Um, so uh, man, it, it felt like one of those games where in the grand scheme of things, it meant nothing because uh, speaking candidly, like if we won, we didn't go any higher. Right. If we lost, we didn't go any lower. And it's the same thing with Hastings, but there was, there was still that that inner drive on our team of, like, there's pride on the line. We don't care if we're playing Hastings. We haven't lost yet, and they haven't lost yet. And at the end of the day, one of us is either going to lose or we both remain undefeated, and we'd rather be the team that doesn't lose. Mm-hmm. And um, I think our guys stepped up in a big way. We swung fist-to-fist with them, and uh, they have a lot of quality players, but I think tactically our guys adjusted as the game went on. And it's unfortunate. We gave up a penalty, and we, they scored off a set piece. So they didn't really – Beat us an open play. Um, it was just a couple of little little mental things, um, and then also missing those players for periods of time. I think kind of culminated in that. But after that week, that was Saturday. We played the next Thursday. Thursday. Yeah. So it was it was good. We had like a full cycle where Sunday off. Monday was pretty light. Um, went through a little bit of film. Uh, got after a little bit on Tuesday. Prepped on Wednesday, and we felt. We felt really good going into Morningside because Morningside was a game where they scored with eight seconds to go. Yep. and That was one of those
0: ties that felt like a loss. It did,
1: yeah. And our guys were, I would say they were really motivated to play Morningside. Sure. And they were really excited to play at home and be a team that hadn't done that in a while. So I don't know. There was a different type of focus in our team that week. Um, looking back at it, I was really appreciated as a head coach of we came to work, and as soon as kickoff started, it didn't feel like we were ever really out of control of the match, even when they scored on us. Mm-hmm. And um, I know, it was a testament to the team at Morningside. Uh, uh, this year, they were still really competitive, but uh, they won two conference championships in the last mm-hmm. three years. So... And that's—I mean—our guys see morning sight usually the spring, the fall, and during the season. So it's one of those teams we're just—we're really familiar with, and they're familiar with us. So to be able to—to go out and perform in the first postseason match was. Was great.
0: Yeah, get that um, win. You move on to the semifinals. We're visiting with Ryan Gressy, head men's soccer coach, and then you go to Concordia. And Concordia team that you had beaten here in Sioux Center, four to three. We talked about that game, that contest already. Mm-hmm. And uh, this time they get a goal early, and then it just felt like they sat on you the rest of the way. It, uh, I, I thought in watching it was it was just a tough night to get anything going once they had that one nothing lead.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have my my stats pulled up, but I, I think Concordia was the second best team defensively in the conference, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Um, they ended up what, 15 two and two or 16 two and two. They only lost two games all year. Um, they were playing at home where they haven't lost all year, um, including a draw with Hastings. And yeah, what Jason did with that team this year was was pretty, nothing short of phenomenal. They I made mean, the national tournament. They beat Hastings after they ended up beating us in, in penalties. You know, so again, I feel like the same thing with, with Hastings, right? Like we were in the game and there were moments, but the moments are, are so limited when you play a team of that caliber. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, we probably had what, three, I would say clear cut chances. And the difference was they took one of theirs and we didn't, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it's just, there are fine margins when there are four teams left in the conference and um, they punished us on a mistake and, uh, they defended really well and um not that the moments weren't there it's just it's a different type of of game at that point mm-hmm. you know so uh probably disappointed that we gave the goal that we did um knowing that we had beaten them earlier and i would say that it was uncharacteristic i think you and i talked and they hadn't given up four or more goals in what since 16 right you know yeah. so like defensively concordia is always a very good team so, we didn't expect to play the same match against them again um but I feel like in the second half we came out and we played better than the first half it just it was just a little bit a little bit short um yeah you know, it stinks um but I think uh, maybe internally we're 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 motivated to to do things differently and to make it to new stages and try to make that the base and not the ceiling. So I think everybody was disappointed to lose that game. Um, As weird as it sounds, you know, we had, it was great to be to be a part of this year. Um, But uh, hopefully uh, this sets, this sets the floor for going into next year as well.
0: Were you able to enjoy this year?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Do you want the honest answer? Yeah, I do. Uh, Not to the end. Okay. You know? uh, explain. Um, probably not until we beat Doan because then I knew we were hosting a home game. Okay. And at that point, it didn't matter what the last game, like statistically speaking, point speaking, um, we couldn't move anywhere. So beating Doan in Doan was something we hadn't done in a long time. Um, and being able to go into that environment and uh, get a positive result was encouraging for everybody. And we kind of got to celebrate that because it was kind of the cap of the Mm -hmm. year. We, we didn't just make the conference tournament. We secured a a whole match for the first time in a long time. And at that point it was kind of like, okay, I can, I can breathe a little bit. We have a week until Hastings and, um, yeah, maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more then. But when you're in the moment, it's it's really it's game to game. There's such a quick turnaround, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Like you come into work on Monday, and you have film and prep, and then you have training. And then Tuesday it's just refining prep. Wednesday you play. Thursday's recovery. Sometimes a little bit of film to, to go through the day before, um, and potentially talk about the next team if we get that far into it. And then Friday mimics Tuesday, and you play Saturday, and then Mm -hmm. Sunday's around. And it's just that constant cycle once you get into conference Mm -hmm. play. So you're always thinking about the next game. You know, Dakota Wesleyan was one of those moments like, hey, we beat Dakota Wesleyan. You know, we did what was expected. And then we turn around, and it's like, it doesn't matter now because Mount Marty is the next team. And then you draw Mount Marty late, and you feel kind of good about it. And then it's like, oh, now we have to think about Morningside. And then you draw. Morning side, like now we have to think about Northwestern and it's, I don't know, that's, that's maybe the way that my mind works and our staff's mm-hmm. mind works is if you think too far ahead, you kind of, you lose focus on the task in front of you. Sure. Um, I th- so you kind of, you can, for better or worse, you kind of live in the weeds week to week. Um, and then Don was that time where we were solidified and nothing was changing and it's like, okay, we can breathe and look back and appreciate the, the amount of time and the amount of work that our team put in to get to this point and they were proud of them and they deserve it so
0: conference honors came out you got the proof copy and what went through your mind when you read
1: who was the coach of the year <laughs> um it was a surprise again i talked about jason concordia right they had a phenomenal year hastings won the conference um and usually in past that's That's where the awards. To the
0: victor go the spoils. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a great way to put it, Mike. Um, So seeing our my name and our staff, it was. I don't know. I don't. I don't take compliments well. (laughs) So it it, it was exciting internally. You know, like I. But as I told a lot of guys in evals this week, it's not just me. It's not just Bordeaux or Dalma um, or our team. It's like everybody kind of disperses the the credit but Mm -hmm. nobody alone can take all of it um but i I think it's really cool to see our guys get recognition for all the work that got put into it and even though my name is on it um everybody played a role into making this team what it was this year
0: couple of first-teamers as well. Uh, Blake Hansen, no surprise. He put together a, a fantastic year offensively, and then Caleb Lee uh, mm-hmm. proved to be a, a great addition. And you had some s- – did you have any second team, or did it go right to honorable mention after that? We had two second teams. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing uh, it without my notes in front of me. Tyson Reitzma. So, um, uh, yeah, Reitsema. Tyson Reitzma, sure. And Mitch Dryden picked up yes, second-team Mitch team had, had a goal at keeper. So, Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to uh, – Talked to Mitch and Blake mid-season. That was when they uh, were named Players of the Week and Defensive Player of the Week. Mm-hmm. And I I broached the subject of, okay, you've got this team of, at the varsity level, 24, 26, right in through there. Right. And you've got many different cultures represented. Did you consciously have to do things to – I mean, it was a melting pot. Mm-hmm. Did you have to do things consciously to – to help melt it? Did it happen organically? What, t- take me
1: through that. Well, oh, um, let me try to think of a, a short version of this. So last year, I would say we, we, um, we were blessed to take an alternate route in, in improving our team. You know, I think, um, so Phil came in. From Germany, yeah. and then uh, Santinos be from Colombia. Nadi transferred from Harding, um, but he's from South Africa. Um, are now yeah, you, from Spain. You weren't just
0: drawing people from one region, no. Right. I mean, it was it was different continents coming yeah. together. So
1: I, I think that was instrumental. Like the first year, it we realized how big cultural differences can be, um, and had to navigate some of those things in terms of communication or yeah. like expectations and. You know, like something like subbing rules in the United States is just not common in other places Mm. Um, or overtime. (laughs) uh, There was one time, there was a practice or a game we're in, and uh, Blake, uh, which you know well, checks in for a ball and he says, Get out to one of the other players. um, And they kick the ball out of bounds. And what he meant was, Get out of my space. I'm Mm. coming in to pick the ball up. You know, it's just little things uh, that you don't really think about yeah. um so that was like our, our first uh, experience with that um like got it opened a lot of doors in other places and we felt really good about the guys coming in in terms of character and uh, their desire for spiritual growth and them as players and what they could bring to our our campus and our community and our program so that like last year was the first navigation piece for us of like mass scale we have half a dozen roughly coming in and challenges are faced and you know conversations are had and you learn a lot Um, so this year um, some of those connections provided fruit for more connections Um, so like phil uh, helped helped us vet german players Um, and he has been instrumental in, in, in that right and then I don't know, like there's a bunch of other random stories of people that just kind of dropped out of the sky. Like Caleb Lee's is an example, right? Like mm-hmm. you just get an email um, and you set up a phone call and then you get to talk about the Defender Way and your faith and your desires and you unpack life together in those first few calls and you realize that you see very similarly in life and in terms of what they want and what Dort has to offer. And those things get to pair together, and I, I don't know. It's it's really cool. It's been something we've tried to to do well and be intentional in. And you know, we're not always perfect, but in terms of just recruiting everyone um, and where they're from, being able to build those relationships before they get here has been really good for our staff, um, but our team too. And helping recruit other players or being involved in small groups over the summer before guys arrive. Um, you really get a look into uh, the whole team before they arrive. And I think that's been good. And just in terms of everybody being comfortable with each other before we even start the season in most cases, you know, so, you yeah, we talk about melting pot, mm-hmm. we have people from everywhere. Um, but the cool thing is they all come here for a lot of the same reasons, you know, spiritual growth, academic development, and Pursuit of championships is a big, big piece of it, but that's not the only piece, you know, you have to look at the other ones first and even going through evals and individual meetings, you get to see how far each person has come in their time here, whether it's a semester or a year or, you know, some of them are three and four years now and seeing the, the type of impact that Dort had on their lives um, and look forward to where they go and take that with them too in terms of kingdom impact.
0: Ryan Gressy, men's soccer coach here at Dort, congratulations on uh, a great turnaround, I will call it, and uh, third place finish this past year, and boy, just a whisker out of second, if you will, and uh, maybe things go a little differently, but we, we learn along the way, and uh, congratulations on the uh, the Coach of the Year honor as well. I started thinking about halfway through the season, I thought, You know, he's got a shot. He's got to be considered at least, and uh, things played out that way, so I'm happy for you in that regard. So a great year. Get some rest. Next season's going to come around again, but uh, in the meantime, uh, enjoy this time and uh, get ready for the next one.
1: Thanks, Mike.